I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestle Plug Podcast. We are here to discuss a very mediocre show, it has to be said, in AEW All Out. I'm kidding. Relax. It was a wild night of wrestling from Chicago, Illinois. AEW All Out, of course, took place. There's plenty to discuss. I'm Aaron Nix. And, of course, joining me to discuss the insane evening of entertainment that we were afforded by Tony Khan and company is, of course, the Maple Leaf Magician, the king of Canadian strong style, after Joshua Alexander, of course, Carl Wilkinson. And uh, I think everyone here knows I'm not the biggest AEW fan, but uh, well, we'll get into the show and you'll see how I felt because fuck my ass. Yeah, see, I'm not, I, I don't hate AEW like everybody says. Um, I'm just very critical of certain things. I have a lot of critiques and I feel like I've been very constructive with those. You're about to get a lot of positivity, has to be said. However, we do have to start with a small matter of the buy. <laughs> um, Didn't even watch it. No, and I don't really blame you, to be honest. The best friends, uh, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Willie Uter, and of course, Jurassic Express, which was Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Marco Stunt at ringside. <sighs> That's enough already. Uh, defeated the Hardy Family Office, which is the worst name for a faction in history. Um, Matt Hardy, Private Party, uh, and the Hybrid 2, and Helico and Jack Evans. And then, of course, uh, Butcher made his return afterwards. This stunk, if I'm being honest. This was not a good match. And if I'm being genuinely, genuinely critical, the only bad match of the entire card, and it wasn't on the main card. So happy days. So we'll move on. At least Jungle Boy got the win, and that's very important because he's awesome. Um, opening the show proper was the match that I said would be the dark horse. Miro defended successfully his AET, uh, AET, AET his AEW, <laughs> I'm excited, AEW TNT Championship. Um, against Eddie Kingston in a, a fucking whopper physical match. Um, but it was kind of shrouded. It was a shame. The match itself was fine, but we both kind of feel that it was shrouded by the idiocy of the ends. Um, all in all, how did you perceive this as an opener for the show? I mean, it was definitely a hot opener. Like, I haven't watched in a while, so I didn't realize how fucking jacked Miro is. Oh, he's, Sweet he's Jesus in the best Christ. He looks I would argue incredible. he looks better than he's ever looked. And he looked he great looks- in WWE incredible i love eddie kingston he looked great too in this match but you know it gets towards the end there's a bit of oh, i hate the ref they had was it frank rick knox. knox rick knox i call him frank for some reason I think he's, he's shit he's absolute shit he's the worst referee i've ever seen i know refereeing is a hard job i understand that because they're the third guy in the ring they help call spots put everything together i get that this guy is an old man that's in the way and he's not even that I old. Just, <laughs> I, he looks old. He just, just, I guess age wasn't kind to him. But he really took away from the ending for me. The match itself was still fine. The end, like you said, was a little convoluted, a little awkward. But yeah. Miro got the win in the end, and it was still fun, but just a little eh. It was a great wrestling match with what we've come to really understand as the AEW booking syndrome where they either book it perfectly or they book it like shit. And it was just so overbooked. And it just felt like there was, it, it wouldn't surprise me if there'd been a disagreement backstage as to how to finish this match. Maybe both guys, you know, the big guys with, you know, let's be honest, big egos, and rightfully so when you're in that position in the business. They might have had different ideas of how they saw the match playing out. Um, 
yeah, like the, one of the criticisms I did have, which I mentioned to you, I'm not a huge fan of Miro being suplexed around like that by someone like Eddie Kingston. I like Eddie Kingston, and there's no doubt that he could hit the odd suplex like that. But all in all, I feel like Eddie Kingston is the kind of guy he shouldn't find it that easy to be T-boning and, you know, explode a suplexing someone like Miro, a man who is that size with that kind of power. But the match itself was fine. I think Miro retaining is a good choice. I think it helps... Um, you know, it, it kind of validates his title run, even though the, the ending was so stupid and schmozzy. Rick Knox already a copped heat because he kind of missed the free count because he was too busy fapping around with a turnbuckle, which didn't seem like it was actually part of the plan. And then later on, he then gets in the way. And I said to you, I, I wouldn't normally mind that spot. And bearing in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is probably the only real hypercriticism I have of the entire evening. Um, for me... <sighs> The referee never gets in the way of a spot like that. He doesn't physically stay and go, no, 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 you can't use that. He'd be like, what are you doing? If you do use that, you'll get disqualified. You know, so traditionally, you're expecting someone else. And I know a lot of people would say, good for him. He should take the initiative and stand in the way. No, absolutely not. He's the referee. He's there to referee. He's not there to enforce his physicality. Um, mm-hmm. This this wasn't Aubrey Edwards Avenger, for instance, where she's got every right to physically reprimand him when he's put his hands on her first. This was different. Miro still used it to his advantage. Low blow retains the title. So... You know, I, I can't say too much about it other than the fact that I thought Rick Knox did a poor job. Um, John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. Now, I had said this to you. Uh, I like Satoshi Kojima. Absolutely. He, and he is a Japanese wrestling legend. But in North America and the Western world in general, Satoshi Kojima is not a huge draw. He's not. Um, that being said, he went out there and had an excellent match. I actually thought this match really surpassed my expectations before we got the surprise. Um, <laughs> I think it was very well paced. I think it was one of my more favorite. And I said this to you, John Moxley, when he's not champion, when he's sitting around in the mid card, working with other guys and helping put other people over while having good match, he's so much better in this role. And he's so much funnier. And he seems, this is definitely a guy who seems freer and happier in this environment. And he's obviously loving every second of it. He's a father now, isn't he? Like, he's really enjoying his life. And that shows. And that makes you feel happy as a fan when you see that. And then you see Satoshi Kojima, a man who's, what, in his 50s, coming out here. And by the way, um, the Japanese wrestlers in their 50s looking a lot better, it has to be said, than the North American wrestlers in their 50s. Um, because they really take this craft so seriously. So Satoshi, Satoshi Kojima comes out, what, 56, 57, however old he is. Um, same as like a Yuji Nagata, for instance, and looks tenfold better than I'll ever look at half his age. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it's because they beat each other up for realsies. Well, like... yeah, exactly. It's a very <laughs> physical sport. It's as real as it gets. But I actually thought the match was excellent. Anything you want to mm-hmm. say about the match before we discuss the surprise next level opponent for John Moxley? I appreciate that Moxley put, put him over strong at the end, hit him with the paradigm shift picked him back up and hit him with like the death rider, like the yeah. high angle, high impact one that does make him look strong. Yeah. He doesn't which have is to really do nice. that Doesn't yeah. have um, to do that. And he did. I appreciate like the little like Japanese bow at some point and then like throws out the middle finger. Cause Moxley just does that. Uh, I think we'd mentioned this coming out the wild thing is fucking great. Oh, I love it. I fucking love it. Cause I really loved his original theme. And I thought, I'm not sure about that, but it was done so well. And yeah, in retrospect, and yeah, it does. It grows. Like, I actually really like that version in particular. I think that's yeah. one of the better versions. And there are, to be fair, some really good covers of songs of that song and also the original itself. But let's let's talk about it. Murder Grandpa in mm. AEW. 
Kaze Ninare, here comes um, Minara Suzuki. Um, I audibly screamed like a child and then would do that, I believe, at least two more times. Um, (laughs) At least. It it was fucking awesome because, for me, this then encapsulated everything I wanted while also giving Satoshi Kojima what he needed. He stepped in at late notice, had this really good match, really impressed. What a great work rate from that guy. But then we get the next level opponent. Minoru Suzuki is somebody who translates much better across the pond than Mm -hmm. other wrestlers from Japan do. And he is so character-driven as well as legit in the ring and an MMA specialist as well. He's got a great MMA background and he can still go with the best of them despite being in his early to mid-50s as well because, you know, it it just, for me, early to mid-50s in Japan is kind of like late 30s in America in a lot of ways. That's how it feels. They they almost sort of hit a different prime. They don't age. No, they don't. They really don't. And... You know, it shows, and he's somebody who just, he takes his craft so seriously, but he enjoys it as well. And the the audible back and forth, the fact that, like, you know, he throws the first forearm and John Moxley, Moxley's like, oh, thank you very much. Oosh! And it's like, and then he's just like, I, 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 I thought that's funny, uh, without being too over-the-top stupid and comedic, and it feels more legit because it's John Moxley and not some goober, like an onion with a haircut, who wrestled the big show later on. Um, less said about that one, the better, I guess, and that won't take very long because we better get through. Uh, this was an amazing surprise. And to be honest, I would have had a pretty decent buzz going for the rest of the night just off of that. And that ended up being an entree. Awesome. Dude, that was a fucking appetizer. This Wednesday on Dynamite, John Moxley, in his hometown homecoming of sorts in Cincinnati, will face murder grandpa Minoru Suzuki on Dynamite. That had better be the main event. I think There's it no deserves it to be. be the main event. Um, I don't it's really actually- care for the whole forbidden door shit but i think that's great i think it's incredible like we i remember you saying this thank you for chicago for knowing the words to suzuki's perfect theme song crowd. because perfect crowd to debut i mean it's chicago like chicago's the smartiest crowd in the fucking world i don't care what anybody says that's just chicago and we love it on one hand sometimes it can be really annoying but tonight it really helps make the evening as a whole and just like some of the pops for some of the people that were coming, Suzuki in particular was awesome. And he was playing with the crowd really well as well. Like he was interacting with them, like, you know, smiling when they were screaming his theme and shit, when he hit the God style pile driver, which looks sick, by the way, God style stuff always looks better. He loved it. And I haven't watched dynamite in like seven, eight months. You bet your ass I'm watching Wednesday because there's no way I'm giving up Minoru Suzuki and John Moxley. Not going to happen. Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, I'm no, you, you, it's a shame it's given away for free, but at the same time, it's a great fucking entree to what he's building. And to be honest, AEW can now get away with it a little bit because they've got big, big time players that have arrived. And we, you're all waiting for us to talk about it. And trust me, we're getting we'll get close. there. It's okay. Watch, yeah, because if you're watching this on YouTube, we're going to try and splice it into matches. But if you're listening to this in audio, you haven't got to wait too long, has to be said. Um, women's title match. Britt Baker defends the belt successfully, as we kind of thought she would, uh, against Chris Statlander, who put in an excellent showing. Um, I don't really have any complaints about this match, actually. I thought it was excellent, a really good women's match, and it stood up well on a card that was full of very, very loaded, very talented, and obviously very motivated wrestlers. 
You know, that was the other thing. That was the other thing I noticed about this show was that the wrestlers seemed even more motivated to do well for the overall product more so than themselves. Sometimes there is a critique with AEW wrestlers that a lot of them are trying to get their shit in and show themselves off. That wasn't as much the case with this match and quite a lot of the matches on this card. Um, I'm not, I'm not all in on um, Britt Baker like everyone else is. I like her. I think her character's great. I still think her in-ring work is a little bit... But this is definitely a massive step up from what she used to be. This is so far removed from that garbage with Big Swole. This is excellent. She looked great. Um, my only critique is she's a rubbish heel. I don't believe she's a heel. And a lot of that's, you know, the crowd obviously support her. And you can't say to the crowd, stop cheering because I'm a heel. But if you're good enough at your job, they should boo you anyway. Um, and Chris Statlander is not vibrant enough to get across the fact that she's a big plucky face. She was great and I love her. She's beautiful. And I think she's by far and away the best thing that the entire best friend shenanigans group has got going on by a margin. Yeah. She's the only star, in my opinion, out of that lot, other than Trent when he wrestles. And obviously, he hasn't been around for a while due to injury, I believe. Um, so she did great, but she's <laughs> it's a very weak character portrayed by a wonderful talent so you know maybe a few more nuances and things like that it's great on the indies and uh, it's funny spaceships and aliens and stuff that it doesn't for me translate well enough particularly if you're not going to back her up with a production like you do for jungle boy luchasaurus they get the production values she doesn't as much so um but i thought the match was excellent any thoughts on the women's title match it, it's kind of hard to get an alien gimmick well. over yeah that was really good to see but yeah it's hard to get an alien gimmick over uh, you made the joke, you know, she's from the Andromeda Galaxy and that's shit because the first three were great. Mass Effect reference for anyone who doesn't get that. If you don't, you're not a nerd and fuck nerds. off, we hate you. We're nerds. <laughs> nerd a meter. But yeah, the match was fine. There, were, I think there was uh, one kind of stomp that looked a little weak close to the end, but that'd be the Yeah, the one off line. the apron was, that yeah, was the like only a, time where I thought I would like to see that more physical, but that was totally redeemed with a masterful curb stomp yeah. later on. Yeah, that's we like a going, little minor. We were having a good time, weren't we? Because there were so many homages to different wrestlers. You had the Pittsburgh Sunrise. Come oh, on, man. That was great. <laughs> um, you know, the scissor even, kick. Yeah, curb stomp, which means Seth Rollins obviously confirmed for AW at some point. Do you know, it wouldn't surprise me the way they're going if he turned up one day. Um, although he does feel like if anyone's a lifer for Vinny Mack, he's a WWE guy. Yeah, definitely, definitely, Seth. And we're going to discuss that as well after the podcast. There'll be a special video that we're coming about that. Um, no, yeah. I think the match was fine. It, because there was only two women matches on the card, but to be fair, the Battle Royal did have 21 women, which is great. So we did get a lot of showcase of women. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But it was nice to see a showcase from all the women and their champion picking up a dominant victory. And we find out who our next number one contender is, which is going to be hella great. Yeah, and we will do in but a moment. But first, we need to discuss the small matter of... That's right, wasn't it? This uh, steel cage match for the uh, AEW I, Tag Team yeah, Championship. I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen some steel cages before. You know, it was... You know, it, it... I can't keep a straight face. This was fucking incredible, mate. Oh, my Christ This is my... For me, my favourite win for a title in AEW's history. Um, by a margin, because I, I don't like the Young Bucks. I don't. I think they Same. are, they finger themselves, they smell their own farts, you can tell that. They clearly love each other and they adore themselves and they're marks for themselves. And I don't mind that to a certain extent. They do have some good matches, but I always feel that they have better matches when they're wound in a little bit or if they go to do something like this. 
where it's just a fucking bloodbath of lunacy. Um, it, it, the match is great. The spots are crazy. If I if I was being really hypercritical, because I've seen people saying that's one of the best matches they've ever seen. I don't think that's the case. I think I've seen better wrestling matches by far, and I think I've also seen better gimmick matches. Um, but I was so emotionally invested. Some people will say the Young Bucks have done a good job because you hate them that much. I hate them because I just I don't enjoy watching them. I fast forward a lot of their matches. I'll be fucking brutally honest with you. I find their matches to be very boring, very kind of, you know, like I say, it just they look like a couple of lads who just like to smell of their own farts. And it's not my cup of tea. It's not. Good for you if you enjoy the Young Bucks. You know, my friend Amy loves the Young Bucks and she has a great time watching them. That's great. You should enjoy what you enjoy. Me, personally, don't like them at all. Um, and I don't like them because they're just not my cup of tea. It's not because they're good at being heels. I don't think they're very good heels. I think they're just unbelievably too stupid and comedic for me to take them seriously. Like, I look no. at them and think, in a street fight, in a proper fight, I could probably fucking do you some serious damage. So, you know... I don't no one really, likes I a fuckboy. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being a, a, a you know a good fuckboy character and things like that, but you've still got to be legitimate, and they just don't feel that legit to me. Nah. But enough about that. This is about the Lucha Brothers finally getting what they deserve. They've been in this company, you know, since, since the, the earlier days. A couple of years, you know, they they came in. Obviously, they they had that famous match. Obviously, didn't they? They've got they've got the Young Bucks number definitely. You know, they had the. Um, Escalera de la Muerte, which is the uh, stairway to hell ladder match, um, which was sick, obviously. <laughs> and once again, you could argue Lucha Brothers got by far and away the best match you'll see out of the Young Bucks. Um, it got a bit carny with the shoes as well. <sighs> like, you know, I, hey, I like a pair of Jordans, man. Right? You know, I like a pair of Jordans, but. You know, by the way, I had to work oh, really hard to buy those. Not like the young boys are just like, and good for you if you've got money to spend it. But um, yeah, I, I thought that the the thumbtacks on the underside, I've seen it before when they were in PWG and they wrestled Candice LeRae and uh, Redacted. <laughs> and ultimately, <laughs> you know, it, it was fun. It's a nice nod to the, I don't know, the 2000 PWG fans that bought it on pay-per-view. But if that, if we're being honest, but... It, I, I thought it was a bit over the top, but when they won the belts, I, I, I had to really stop myself from crying, especially with the, uh, the family in the front row and stuff. And, you know, these are two guys who I think are one of the best tag teams in the history of Lucha Libre wrestling and in the history of the modern era of wrestling. And yet somehow I feel up until this point, AEW has done a bad job of booking them, a really bad job. A lot of times, absolutely they have. separating them, you know, it, we are going to celebrate AEW's incredible booking here and finally putting them over. But we also have to point out that it, you took your fucking time. And some of the booking you did was terrible. And also, these guys were heels six weeks ago. Now they're face. Pac's not here, but he's kind of with them. But he's kind of not because he's with Andrade. And apparently, we're going to get Pac and Andrade on Rampage, which means Dynamite and Rampage are both absolutely must-see products. Bottom line, the Lucha Brothers won. And that's all I cared about. And the fact that they're the tag team champions and the fact that they are representing the Latin culture and the Lucha Libre culture and Triple AR and so many different things that have come before them. And it was done in such a beautiful and emotional way. And the Chicago crowd helped make that moment. They were fucking fantastic. They were really behind them. And I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that the elite thing has kind of run its course a little bit 
which is why I'm a little bit concerned about what they have done with it at the end. But what a special moment to see the Lucha Brothers win the tag titles. Um, they're very, very inspirational to me, especially Penta. He's inspired a lot of my wrestling style in the ring. And yeah, I, I'm super emotional and super proud on a very, very tough like couple of weeks for me personally to see something like that and just kind of reinvigorates my spirit a little bit, as did the whole pay-per-view, to be fair. This was an awesome moment. The first time I ever saw the Lucha Brothers live, I saw them. It was Rebel- Impact's Rebellion 2018, I think, when they faced Proud and Powerful in that ladder match in the main event. And like I'd heard of them and stuff and I loved them, but that match right there was like, A, Ray Phoenix is not human. I mean, none of none of those four gentlemen are human. They are something else. And Ray I Phoenix fell in love with them. In the world. I absolutely I fell in love with them right then and there. And when I saw them signed for AEW and they, you know, went face to face with the Bucks, because I didn't mind the Bucks at the time. I'm like, this is gonna be fucking sick. And that ladder match was incredible. And then I've been waiting for two years. Two everyone's been waiting two and a half years for the Lucha Brothers to finally get their due. And they get this incredible cage match. That emotional ending when Penta's wife and like three daughters come through. He's all beaten up. He's bloody. He they all took a hell of a shellacking from what each an other. What an image of the blood through his mask and with his face painting and that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. What a look that man has. Uh, amazing exactly. both of them but especially him penta is like you know there aren't there's nobody like that in the rest of the world that looks that good who has that kind of range with his gear the aesthetics the presentation and yet the sheer brutal physicality i liken him to a an old school kind of like assassin you know he's the penta for me wouldn't be out of place in like a, a cyberpunk game or something like a mexican like you know cyberpunk's actually kind of latin based i'd love to see him in there just like fucking crawling out of a vent breaking <laughs> someone's fucking shoulder out and then just disappearing like, he's that kind of guy it was great it was it was zero fear awesome. personified mate yeah. like it yeah Cero miedo in i need effect. i need lose your brother's gear i don't have any i i need a lot of it yeah, and I need AEW to start fucking having a British store so I can get this shit in, you know, or just come over here so I can just buy all the merch at the table. I will approach, I'll be like, yo, give me, where is all your Lucha Brother stuff? I'll take it all in double XL now. Fuck off. Um, I'll just buy, I'll buy it and ship it out to you. Yeah, by the way, you know, Ray Phoenix doing the splash off the top. Master, masterful. I thought he was going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Not perfection, but pretty close, I'd say. Pretty good. Um, the women's casino battle royale good because the women didn't have nearly as much representation again as I would like but enough enough for me to feel okay and having a match like this offsets a lot of that because obviously you can get all your talent in you had the decks you haven't seen this before have you this deck concept you know no, it was it was really weird and they come out as their deck so to speak so there's five yeah. of each so 20 women and then the joker Let's be honest, people just want us to talk about one thing, and that's really the big talking point here, is the Joker card is the debuting Ruby Soho, formerly known as Ruby Wright in WWE. I remember the day she was released, I said on this podcast with you, all the and you can go back and listen to it if you don't believe me, if they do not move heaven and earth to get her and put her on their show, and by the way, 90 days and all that, which is probably why it took a little while, um, because not everyone they fucked up with the release course. Some people, they certainly did. <laughs> um, it's it's awesome. And I said that she is 
a level of veteran and a level of competitor that will help legitimize this women's division, which is great, but lacks star power and lacks leaders. Now it has another one. You have Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb's injured, which is really unfortunate. We haven't seen her for a while because I think she is amazing. Thunder Rosa has just signed for AW in recent times, at least. Um, but this match was fun and they renewed loads of great rivalries. You know, you had Anna Jay and Tainara Conti going after the bunny and you had uh, Jay Cargill flexing herself, you know, red velvet kind of getting in the mix and uh, especially with Jamie Hayter as well, because there's that kind of afters with um, Britt Baker and they, they've tied up loads of great loose ends and little rivalries really nicely that a lot of these women have not really had enough TV time to show off unless you count the YouTube shows, which I don't because I don't have time to watch them. And even if I did, I just don't feel like they're produced in the same way Dynamite is. It's not television. It just feels like here's a house show with a fuck ton of matches and jobbers. And it's like, I'm not going to sit and watch that. I don't have time for that. And like I say, even if I did, it's not appealing enough for me to watch. Um, but Ruby coming in and also winning this, of course. Ruby Soho comes in. She wins. She's number one contender to Britt Baker's championship. Um, first of all, awesome ruby soho i i assume you love great that because i watched it with you so absolutely great choice the other kind of question is um you know does she go straight in and win the belt or does she have a highly competitive long-term rivalry with her hopefully and then we move on to maybe the next person who might have the potential of dethroning Britt baker maybe i think they might have a good long rivalry i hope because i think ruby soho could help Britt baker improve leaps yeah. and bounds and don't get me wrong Britt baker's much better than she was like i think we've seen the development from when she was first signed to now it's night and day but ruby soho is one of those like you say those veterans that can lead her into an incredible matchup i'd like to see them go at it more than once i i don't know if ruby needs to win it immediately i would like to see it at some point but I think we'll probably get a highly competitive matchup. Britt will win, and then maybe they'll trade it back. But it, the Battle Royal itself was really cool to see a lot of women get their shit in. Like, it was just, it was actually a really good showcase of what their ro women's roster can do when they get more than two minutes a fucking night. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much else to add. Excellent. Really good. Uh, a nice long match as well. Good 20 sort of minutes or so. Uh, everyone looked fantastic. Nobody really can. Nice to see Sky Blue, by the way, making her um, pay-per-view debut. I know she was on Dark, but again, not many people watching. And also in front of her hometown. And the crowd reacted really poorly, which is good, because you want them to react poorly when one of them... She's so adorable. Like, how can you not like her? Um, shout out to Julia Hart. She was meant to be in this, but injured herself just oh. recently. On a, I think it was on Dark the night before. And sadly, not good to go for this match, which is a shame. But she's beautiful. She's young. She's talented got plenty of time she's got plenty plenty of time she's a young star in the making um <clears throat> then we had the match where i thought this this has been so good so far minus the buying which admittedly i was playing andromeda ironically enough in the background so i was like whatever um and this is the match where i thought if they're gonna trip up if they're gonna fall over this will be it chris jericho puts his career on the line as he faces mjf again and he's lost all three contests with mjf coming into this now the booking sucks. I'm sorry it does. Um, not the, for the match the, itself. The labors were awful. Yeah, most of them were pretty terrible. I have no interest in watching Nick Gage. I'm sorry. He's not a draw for me. He's a fucking goof. You know, he's a clown. I'm not interested in Nick Gage. I love Juventu Guerra, but not 55-year-old Juventu Guerra, whatever <laughs> he was coming in. Don't get me wrong, in great shape. I actually thought he looked better than Jericho in the match, but 
<clears throat> Wardlow is still such a green talent and, you know, we'll get to that. But the thing is, this all started with the pinnacle, you know, this has been a good long-term story in terms of it's been long-term, but it's been booked so horribly. You started with war games and then worked backwards. Then you had stadium fuckery or whatever it is. Um, stadium stampede. Stadium stampede. Stampede wrestling. It's stampede wrestling. This was not. Stu Hart, rest well. Um, it just, I hated the way it was booked. And if you just had a bit of sense and worked to the big match last, great. But, you know, I feel like we've taken... You know, they kept going one step forward, three steps back, one step forward, three steps back, one step forward, three steps back. And then we finally get to this and you think, you can't step back anymore. MJF's entrance is amazing. Comes out with the Jericho Titan from the countdown. And Vince McMahon literally is having an aneurysm at that moment. Um, funny stuff. Worked me like an absolute trick. Oh, oh, I got gonna... fucked. Yeah, no, it totally worked like a fucking mark. I was like, oh my God, that's so good. Oh my God, it's so good. I was just, I thought it was great. I loved it. I liked it. I was MJ. so mad. I was MJF so is- mad until I wasn't. I was like, fucking dick, that's awesome. MJF is so good at being a heel that I can't actually hate him. Even if he, like, he'd say some horrible shit to me if he was here right now. And I'd just be like, yeah, but you're so fucking good at it. It's difficult. To, and the crowd responded to him. A good portion, I'd say a good further of the crowd were cheering for him in this match, which was great. Um, the match itself was fine. But Chris Jericho beats MJF after fuckery at the end. Now, you know, MJF beats him, but his foot's on the rope. I hate the way that they made Aubrey Edwards look fucking stupid in that moment. Like, she's your head official, but she at no point decides to turn around and look at his leg. She deliberately and so stupidly and naively doesn't look at it for the entire duration until it's pointed out to her. And she goes, oh, oh. And that made her look fucking stupid. <clears throat> and... Again, again, this is a small critique in a land of great positivity, as we said. But I'm sorry if you thought that was anything but ridiculous. You know, you've, you've got to be honest when things are stupid and things like that happen. That was dumb. It was so dumb. It made her, it undermined her as well. You know, I'd understand if it was Rick Nars because he was total AIDS. But <laughs> fucking Aubrey Edwards is great. She's an amazing referee and she was fantastic in this match and the little physical confrontation. The amount of times MJF has actually threatened to hit her or slap her or whatever and has never actually touched her until this point, at least from my memory. And I thought that was a really cool throwback to all the times they've been going at each other. And she finally is like, don't you shove me and push you back and he takes the roll up and obviously, you know, he eventually wins by tapping him out. It doesn't make any sense because... MJF's gone, okay, MJF's finally beaten Chris Jericho, taps him out properly after he's beaten him before. That's it. No, I want one more match for my career. Fuck's sake, here we go again. And Jericho wins. So now we're back again where it's like, oh, great. Now MJF has got, it's like, you know, MJF's got this, no, 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 no. MJF's that, no, no. And they just keep putting him back. And I think, let him fucking go at this point. You have to take the collar off, the muzzle off, the cone, whatever you want to call it, and let the boy rummage. He's not getting a chance to do that. And Chris Jericho, for my money, is getting in the way. That being said, this is actually as good a match as I thought it could possibly be. Powerbomb on the apron was fantastic. You know, Code Breaker was great. Um, Chris Jericho is still botchy, but I feel like we've, you know, we got a much better Chris Jericho match here than we have done for a while. Um, you know, and then we had the inner circle. Sammy Guevara did nothing on this show. That's a big disappointment. Um, 
I would have actually liked it if Chris Jericho skulked away after he'd lost the trials and then Sammy Guerrero kind of takes up for him a bit and says, you know what, MJF? Chris Chris isn't here. He won't be for a long time. But I'm sick of your fucking shit. And you could have had Sammy Guerrero versus MJF here and that would have, for me, taught, taught Oh, I like that. Yeah, it would have torn the doors off. That's my personal preference. Um, but what they did do with it was great. Um, so, you know, <laughs> hard to say, but... You know, the ending pissed me off a little bit and was just too overly dramatic and too stupid. And you knew they were going to restart. And then at that point, you know, Chris Jericho is going to win. And like I say, it just does feel like one step forward, three steps back. And again, took three steps back with the end of this match. Yeah, I mean, I think we both called Jericho winning because it was kind of obvious. There was a lot of predictable. He's never retiring. He'll die in there. He will oh. die in there. He might 100%. die of diabetes, but he'll die in there. And that's a terrible death, just yeah, so everybody yeah. And knows. I don't wish that on anyone, trust me. Like, you but, know, I, I don't like body shaming people because I'm aware I'm a fat bastard, right? I'm aware I'm not in the same. best. You know, people will watch me and, you know, and I wrestle and people will be like, yo, your body's shit for a wrestle. And I'm like, oh, that's fine, you know. I believe that everyone should... But you can see there's a massive drop-off in work rate. And there is very much a kind of part-time feel about him. And if that's the case, like I said to you during the show, roll him out there as a special appearance. Chris Jericho is going to wrestle. You know, Chris Jericho making a rare appearance on Dynamite this week. And he's going to wrestle someone who could do with a boost. Like a Nick Nem- you know, a Ryan Nemeth or someone like that. But for him to just continuously be in these positions of high power and you know work it it doesn't for me get mjf over that much i know people are going to say oh we gave him a good rub and we're about to talk about how you do that well in a minute but it didn't work for me not as much and i came away from it feeling like i enjoyed the match but i still have no fucking clue what they're doing with mjf and he's by far and away their hottest heel i feel like they're scared to truly get him completely go because when they do he might just completely overhaul all their other heels because he is that good at what he does. Um, time will tell, though. There is at least a long time for MJF. But, there is not for Chris Jericho. But Chris, for the love of the business and for the company, please move aside a bit, sunshine, and let other people have their day. Yeah, handing hand, hand MJF his first loss in the company ever as well. Is a little, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little... It's a little bittersweet because, like I say, MJF is the absolute future of this company. Like whenever he gets to that main event level, and he it, he will be AEW champion one day. Like he will be fucking... what CM Punk was to WWE in the early you know um, sort of like 2010 region mm-hmm. through to about 2013. Like mark my fucking words right now, like he will be an incredible champion if and when it happens. He will, he will. Speaking of CM Punk, it's been seven years, mate. <laughs> I know you're not his biggest fan. I think he's personally very overrated. Now, when I say that, people lose their shit, and they're probably losing that right now. Oh, fuck you, I'm turning off, fuck off, wrestle, blah, blah, blah. blah. Okay, cool. When I say that, I've never said that CM Punk's not very good. He's very fucking good. He's a world-class mic worker, and he is an excellent in-ring worker. But best in the world, to be that, you better be pretty special. This geezer ain't no Mr. Perfect. This geezer ain't no Daniel Bryan. He ain't no Adam Cole. All those guys are better. There are a lot of guys I could name who I think are better. I think on his day, Samoa Joe is better. It's just a personal preference. But to be the best in the world, it kind of has to be... It's just a moniker and it doesn't mean anything to me. So he wrestles Darby Allen. And i got to be honest, I did say to you, I thought it should have been the main event. But after what we saw, you kind of understand now. Um, I thought this was excellent. 
I thought it was very evident that CM Punk was physically not having the same level of match that he was having seven years ago. And I will point out before anyone jumps down my neck, of course he's not going to. Because he, do you realize how much it takes to get ring ready? I train week after week after week at wrestling and, you know, nothing compares to actually being in there and wrestling. You know, it's a different animal. And he looks a little bit, you know, his knee—he was limping pretty much from the start, as far as I could tell. You know, I'm, I'm trying not to dissect it too much, but for me, the star of this match is Darby Allen, and not because CM Punk put him over, because he didn't. He had a great match with him, and he certainly let him get his shit in, so he put him over in that sense. But Darby Allen, for me, it felt like he was the one who carried this match. It really felt that way. From my perspective and everything I know of the business and for everything I've seen and done, and I know people will say that doesn't mean jack shit, and that's absolutely fair criticism too. But from everything I know and from how objective I can be about a product, I feel that Darby Allen was the star here. I feel like he's the one who put in the shift in the match. He's the one who helped make CM Punk look good, actually. Um, and I think this was, there was a mission here we need CM Punk to have a good match when he comes back. We need people to be invested in watching him wrestle. And we need an opponent who doesn't mind losing to him, but also will get a big rub from this. That's really fucking difficult to do all those things. They did that perfectly here. They did that perfectly. I'm not a huge fan of Tony Khan, but I'll tell you what, if he's the one who's had the say and the booking for the majority of this pay-per-view, then he did a masterful job. He did. He did a wonderful job, as did everybody who works on his agents, whatever they've got. Um, and I'm told they don't have a lot of that. And that's fine. You know, they do things differently, and we're very aware of that. Uh, I thought CM Punk looked good, not great. I thought he looked fine. Um, like the tights, quite like the idea, a little bit different. Um a little bit jarring, it always is when you've used it because, you know, this is a guy who literally wrestled from what I could tell his entire fucking career pretty much in drunks. Um, but I, I thought it was great, actually. I did. I really enjoyed this match a lot. Um, and I just came away from it with such an admiration of Darby Allen that I haven't had as much. But he definitely feels like their biggest star that they've grown themselves. And... Yeah, uh, I really, really am gushing about Darby Allen after this match. Before. He was fucking phenomenal. I, th I think apart from Jungle Boy, Darby Allen is their best homegrown talent because they've done an incredible job with him. And not like Aaron Sid, Solo. No, not that. I don't even know who that is. I think he got beat up by a giant later. We'll get around to that, I'm sure, because I don't care. But Dar Darby Allen's job tonight was to make sure that like you say, Punk looked good. He needed a guy that could just throw himself around with reckless abandon because he's apparently made of vibranium. Like, he, the kid is not going to die. That's what Captain America's shield's made of, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, see? You know it. Such a nerd. Like, but he did that. He, like, the match, you know, started off a little slow because, like you said, Punk's first match in seven years. Doesn't matter how much practicing you do, like running the ropes, like taking a few bumps here and there. I'm sure because I know nothing because I'm a fat piece of shit living at home that there's nothing like taking a bump during an actual match. There, there just isn't. So, you know, warm up a bit. Darby didn't do his normal hundred mile an hour stuff until the end, which I thought was really nice. Um, there was that one GTS he sold, like it was shot out of a cannon, 
just crumpled through the second and bottom row. That was that was the coolest spot of the match when he took the GTS and just went flying through the um, bottom two ropes. I thought that looked so sick. That was so cool. I love that spot. And now, you know, Punk gets the win, obviously, because I don't think that was ever questioned. If there's ever a more predictable match to call, I have never seen it. But that being said, you know, it was a rare, like, face versus face matchup because you don't get a lot of those. Uh, Pug wins, Sting comes out, they shake hands, he picks up Alan, they shake hands. And it was just a really wholesome moment. And I, I loved it. I'm not Pug's biggest fan. Everyone here knows that if you've been listening. I thought, you know, took his ball, went home, abandoned us, fuck us. But this was still really, he really cool. <laughs> this was really, really cool to see. And I'm honestly, I'm excited to see who he gets next because there's a, there's a whole talent or well of talent on this roster. Like I said, I think it was mission in co- uh, mission accomplished, should I say. Don't mind the uh, background noise, just pouring one out in my uh, tiki glass. But, um, went out for yeah. the homies. Well, well, yeah, we're, we're showing tribute to the Lucha Brothers tonight with the uh, Day of the Dead skull glass. But yeah, I, um, I think it was mission accomplished. That's all it needed to be. But when you think about accomplishing missions, it takes a special breed to be able to put over the big show. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> and I, I love the Creed remix, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's fucking grim. We're moms, what uh, Here comes Big Show to wrestle an onion with a haircut, QT Marshall. And uh, uh, it's a Marshall, by the way. Okay. Cutie, always oh, a cutie, isn't he? Do you remember when he was, um, Ali was tempting him with an apple? I think that was the last time you were watching it. <laughs> I do remember that, but to be fair, if Ali tempted me with an apple, I would probably do that. Was so jokes, but she was like, Hello, <laughs> it was like, You got husband? we all know who it is, and then he eventually kicked him in the dick. Thank god. Um, but yeah, cutie Marshall versus Big Show last three minutes, and the less said about it, the better. Big Show wins, and it was shit, and the crowd were apathetic. And At to best. be fair, I will say one thing as a very quick side note as well from the match before. I, I thought the crowd weren't nearly as hot as I thought they were going to be for the CM Punk match overall. They were hot, but they weren't red hot. I didn't think that. I, I didn't think it was that big a deal. I think they lost their mind for other stuff much more. Um, but yeah, th- this sucked. <laughs> this, this should not have been on the show. And I think the reason it was on was because they thought we might be able to get a bit of residual off of the old Big Show fans from WWF and that. And WCW as well. He is a legend. He's just not a very good one. No, like, was I, am I excited to see Paul White? I mean, kind of like, I remember, you know, Big Show, like 2002, 2003, being WWE champion, fight Kurt Angle and Lesnar. That was fun. I mean, he should never have been world champion then, but it was still fun. Ew, gross. <laughs> but, but like now, like, it's 2021. I don't care about staying on my screen. I don't care about Paul White on my screen. This match should have been punch the goobers, choke slam the onion with a haircut, and that's it. Like that, that should have been. material. <laughs> no. Why use the term goobers? Although <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I didn't invent it, obviously. Um, it should have been uh, 30 seconds. Like they all rush him before the bell rings. Ten, and it, was it should have been 30 minutes, seconds. And it was two and a half minutes too long. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Punch, punch, choke, slam, call it a day. Oh, yeah. by the way, before we get any farther, Tony Schiavone is shit. His commentary tonight was awful. He was the only real bad point 
of a fantastic evening of entertainment. Oh, I think Christ. Tony Schiavone. Okay, I'm just you know what? Real talk because no one's talking about Big Show anymore because it sucks. Um, and he has sucked for many, many a year. And the fact that he couldn't even get Braun Strowman over speaks volumes. <laughs> um, because Braun Strowman's a megastar. Oh my god, Braun Strowman's gonna be next. Oh my god. Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt, let's go. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, we get those two, it's game over. Um, yeah, Tony Schiavone's shit. He has, he's never been good. Okay. Everyone wants to bury it in the back of their subconscious and forget it ever happened. You know, Bobby Brain Heenan thought he sucked. He hated that. And Bobby the Brain Heenan, right, is a pretty good indicator of whether you're talented or not. Um, and he used to say the guy sucked and he stunk, you know. He said he was a nice guy and a professional, but he just wasn't very good at the job. And Tony Schiavone has never been a natural at this. And now he's just a shitty little man. You know, he was swearing during, you know, um, the Young Bucks match. And he, he just said, like, you're full of shit. And then, the, you know, Excalibur has to apologize. But I don't have a problem with him swearing. I just think in his position, he sounds unprofessional as fuck and a bit pathetic and a bit childish. And I just thought, whatever. Um I just think he he detracts from it. I think they need to remove JR and Tony Schiavone. I think JR should just be doing pay-per-views. I think Tony Schiavone should just be the crappy interviewer backstage because I think that's all he's really that good for. If he wants to do dark and elevation with Big Show, great. Good for you, mate. I don't give a fuck because I'm not going to watch that. But for me, he sucks so hard. And it's made worse by the fact that apparently he's fed his lines by Tony Khan. If there's one thing Tony Khan can't do, it's feed lines to a commentator. I can tell you that much. Tony Schiavone is fucking awful at his job and he should not be fucking working there. Like I say, JR should be phased out so he's just doing pay-per-views. It should be Excalibur and Taz because Taz is very, very good as color commentator. He has great experience in it. Okay. And, you know, people will say, so does Tony Schiavone. Yeah, the last time he was a major commentator was in 2001. You know, that's a long time. And he wasn't that good then. If you genuinely go back and watch WCW, we're all, we've all got this magic romantic opinion of Tony Schiavone that he was fantastic because, oh, well, he was, he was just so, you know, he was the voice of our generation. He was the voice of WCW. And he made so many iconic lines, you know, like, oh, that'll put butts in seats and all that, which is a line fed to him by Eric Bischoff. But he was not very good. And if you go back and watch WCW now and you ask, and I ask you, who was better on comms? Between, you know, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler on one side or fucking Tony Schiavone and Bobby Brain Heenan on the other side, you'd all say, fuck me, WWF Attitude Era commentator is far better. By the way, Paul Heyman, 2001 alongside JR, was incredible. One of Best the- commentary team ever? Yeah, I think so, personally. Yeah. I think for the condensed time period and what they were able to do in that time, incredible, because they were only together for a few months. Um but I think, you know, this. we need to stop pretending like Tony Schiavone's a legend just because he was a commentator 20 years ago. He sucked then, um, but he was okay. He was okay at times, but he still sucked. But he is fucking horrible now. Less said about him, the better, because I don't want to be overly negative. But he sucks. He does. Which leaves your main event. For the AEW World Championship. <sighs> Match was okay. I thought it was a bit flat. Um, I love Christian Cage. Adore Christian Cage. Canadian main event. Let's go, baby. It was very evident that this was meant to be Hangman Page's spot. And they've made that very clear. And I think Christian did an admirable job. And they did some good spots. Um, they relied quite a bit on outside shenanigans, I thought. That's fine. Uh, Kenny Omega gets the win. Okay. It feels like an afterthought because it is. 
I thought Christian did a great job. I don't think he'll be around this anymore. And to be honest, Christian's, what, 47, 48? And I'm sure if you asked him, hey, buddy, or, you know, I know he's in his mid-40s minimum. Hey, buddy, you came back from a career in an injury, and here you are, and everything that goes with it. He'd be like, do you know what? I'm having fun, and I'm impact world champion, and I'm doing great things, and I'm helping out companies, and I'm making good, good money. And I'm a father, and I'm a happy man, and I love you so much, Christian. Congratulations, mate. You fucking deserve all of this. That being yeah, said, I thought, I thought the match was a bit flat. I don't like Kenny Omega, but I don't have the vitriolic, vitriolic excuse me, hatred that I do for the Young Bucks with him. Um, I just think he's too over. Again, he's another guy who, do you know what? He was amazing in New Japan. And I feel Absolutely. like he's, and his run in North America, I think, has been tainted by two things. First of all, he's clearly become very egotistical about his own self. And he's started believing his own hype too much. And that is a recipe for disaster, regardless of how good you are. Unless you're Michael Jordan or Tom Brady. And by the way, Tom Brady is one of the most humble people on earth. And he's a seven-time Super Bowl champion and still the pinnacle of the fucking sporting world. And he's nowhere near as arrogant as this little gobshite. And people are like, oh, it's just a character. Yeah, but you can tell. Come on. There's no reason for him to be champion this long. There's no reason for him to be champion over other people. Um, and not to mention, he's had some real fucking stinkers in that time. And who can forget that fucking... What was that? Sparkle effects they had. Barbed uh, wire exploding deathmatch. What a sack of horseshit. An embarrassment to the business. Wow, we, we have changed, though, I'll tell you. So the match is fine. Kenny Omega retains. I and... broke uh, one-winged angel, my might add, just to make Christian look pretty strong. Because yeah, yeah. Like, the and... one-winged angel is the most protected finisher ever. The finishes the were all excellent for the most part. Yeah. I thought they were excellent. They were so well booked, and they maintained good strength for the opponents while putting over the people that needed to be put over. But let's talk about it. Uh, the elite are bragging in the ring and talking about, oh, it's time for me to do what I do best, which is send everyone home. And I said to you, didn't I? There's one man coming and he'll be coming in and interrupt. And it wasn't him. It was Adam Cole. No one, uh, no one alive or, or sorry. What was it? They've already, I've already beaten them. They're tired or they're dead. And as soon as he said dead, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And then it happened. I will talk about it more on a separate video we're going to record after this and will be released uh, for later on today, which is Monday. Um, Monday, you know, so late, 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 late Sunday night, early Monday. Um, this feels like that Lex Luger moment in WCW. How long ago did we see Adam Cole wrestling Kyle Riley to take over? Um, a week ago. We did. Fuck me. I think takeover was last weekend. I think it was. Or it might have been two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks, yeah. But that's yeah. that's not it's a long time when you go watch two roars. Holy shit. Um mind blowing. Two weeks ago, and here he is. He's got the shirt, he's got the sexy music, he looks sexy. That music was incredible. It was very still undisputed era-esque, like 80s cheesy porn. Yeah, but perfect. But um, it suits him so well. He slides in the ring and he squares off of the elite, and you think, here we go. And then he just turns heel immediately. And joins the jungle boy in the face. And you got about a minute to to really digest that. And then I think it's Riley the Valkyrie's place. 
the, the third audible scream for our from our gracious host today. Probably, yeah, probably my highest <laughs> scream, and there is actually video evidence there. If anyone wants to see it, let us know, and I'll post that just for shits and giggles. Um, I'll just put it on our Twitter or something. Daniel Bryan comes out and I freaked out because for me, Daniel Bryan is the pinnacle of what wrestling is in this modern era, along with Adam Cole. These Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan, in my opinion, probably my two favorite wrestlers of the last 15 years. So, you know, holy shit balls. And it, the thing is, I knew they were coming. I even said to you, didn't I have to take it? It just felt like this was the end of Adam Cole in WWE. And it, it was a yeah. somber moment, you know, because I love NXT and I'm always going to love NXT. And by the way, you know, newsflash. In case you haven't noticed, you can you can enjoy both. What? No, you can't. You will pick a side and be tribal. Um, I've always thought NXT was the best show, but I feel like AEW is overtaking, and I think this is the biggest step they've ever taken to doing so. And again, that's what this video later on is going to be about. But Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan, and then Daniel Bryan aligns himself with the faces and they clean house and the knee plus and. Yeah, you can't, you can't handle it all. You're like, it's Adam fucking Cole, and he's like, Adam Cole, baby, and I'm like, oh my god, Mark and fuck out. And then here comes Daniel Bryan, like three minutes later. Oh, you, was... Can you imagine if if that fucking first nitro? What the hell is Lex Luger doing here? And then immediately Scott Hall came rampaging. <laughs> and like, like, there, there was so much to digest in about a five minute span. I was giddy as fuck. But... Oh, well, we forgot to mention the end of the world title match. Uh, the elites start beating down Christian. Lucha Express comes out. They start beating them down. And when when Daniel Bryan's coming down, like you see all the heels standing in the ring. You see you see Gals and Anderson give Marco Stunt a magic killer, but no one acknowledges it. It was the funniest thing in the world the to me. least because, moment of the night. Because nobody... nobody gave a shit, but I saw it. But then Bryan Danielson comes out, you know, Ride of the Valkyries, and I love Dana. I love Dana Bryan, Bryan Danielson, call him what you will. And we're going to get Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega because that's, that's just what's going to happen. And I've never been so excited for a Bryan Danielson match in my fucking life because we might not be the biggest Kenny fans, but that doesn't take away the fact that he's an incredible in-ring worker. Always has been. It's just his character, especially at AEW, is shit. It, it just is. He's boring. It's, this is not, by the way, this is not the cleaner. That's the other big problem here. He's not the fucking cleaner. And that's what pisses me off because that's why everyone's like, oh my God, we're going to get the cleaner. The cleaner was fucking great. Where is the cleaner? I want. I don't want hokey pokey. Hey, 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 I'm Kenny Omega. Did I do that? Shut up. What is this nerdy bullshit? You just look like a fucking gay comic book character. There's nothing wrong with that, but... You know, like, for instance, somebody said to me, oh, I love Kenny Omega because he's bisexual. What does that have to do with anything? It doesn't. I'm sorry. I know this might offend the woke environment, but, you know, being bisexual is not a premise or a, a preface or a prelude, should I say, to being talented. Doesn't mean anything. Kenny Omega is an amazing talent because of when he's Kenny Omega, when he's the cleaner. This goofy shit is a massive step down. It feels like he's trying to be a sports entertainer, dare I say. Ooh. That's what it feels like. More wrestling, please, Kenny Omega, and less fucking tap dancing bullshit. Because I actually think Kenny Omega is so much better than he is right now. I think he could be so much better. Uh, and we saw a little glimpse of it, which on Moxie, and then they just went, 
and just tailed off because he had to be goofy and him and his friends. And you know what? Stop being like the young bucks. That's not a good thing, mate. You can be so much better than that. Well, he's um, not going to have a choice but to wrestle when he's got Brian Daniels said the American Dragon. Let's fucking go, we'll mate. get the best match. This will be, that is a match. I assume it will be a full year. I think we might get CM Punk versus Adam Cole. Not here. Oh, um, suit you, sir. I really want a backstage moment where um, Britt Baker's cut the promo and Adam Cole walks by. She's like, yo, I don't know who you are, but get out of my shop. Like, I just think it'd be really funny. And he's just like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> just walks past. Like, it'd just be like, oh, better still. She's like, yo, that dude's got a really nice ass. Like, I just think that'd be really funny. <laughs> do something like that. It'd be really jokes. Um, you know, they're going to do something stupid where they're like, they're going to try and explain how Adam Cole's still alive because people watch being the elite, which I think is stupid. I've never watched an episode. It's dumb and I hate it. I don't have time for the frat boy stupid humor. No, Sorry. which is... I'm a little worried that Adam Cole is going to get lost in this. That's what worries me. I don't want him in the elite. I think no. Adam Cole is too big a star to be in the elite. Especially and now. Yeah, yeah. And at the NXT run, if anything, right, you, if the AEW fans want to say, ha, you're beloved NXT, ha, ha, it's like, well, say what you like, but NXT helped legitimize him as a main event star. Um, and what you see now from Adam Cole and AEW, that will have certainly helped build those blocks and by shitting on that what you're essentially saying is fuck people like Carlo Riley so you go ahead and say that to their face and see how that works out for you but I I am concerned and I immediately was like looking at my phone thinking oh this is amazing and this is a big deal but why did you have to put him immediately in the elite like that you know and everyone's like oh my god they're kissing each cheek nobody watches that only a, a couple of hundred thousand people at the most get that. Everyone else is like, why the young guys kissing him on the cheeks? Because they used to do it in the, the Bullet Club and it was cute. And I, I liked it as well. But it was small time. This is the big time now. It's time to act like an adult. It's time to play with the big boys. Um, and young bucks are small boys. Kenny Omega is acting like a small boy when he can be a big boy. And I just don't think the elite is a good position for Adam Cole. But... Your final thoughts on the fact that we have Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan in AEW now bolstering what is already looking like an incredibly scary and powerful alternative at the very least. This is the biggest coup since like 1996 from WWF to WCW. Like this is, this is going to bring like, I don't care about Randy Styler. This is what he's going to bring. Well, I mean, go through the camera stops at my tits because we'd get banned on YouTube right now. Oh, my tits. What? But I don't care about ratings. You know, neither of us do. But this both. Wednesday's Dynamite is going to be massive. And Rampage well, reckon, probably as well. I reckon uh, this two. Breaches. I can say at least two. Uh, yeah, this definitely breaches one and a half. I think this, I think it's I can a say two. It's a matter of time before they start running over Raw, I think. And yep. then we're going to have to... It's very intriguing. Like I say, we're going to talk about the whole WWE dynamic a little bit later because I don't think WWE is worth talking about right now. But um, it's, it's huge. It's a huge deal. There's not really much else I can add to that. It's a big fucking deal. What would you give this pay-per-view out of 10? Nine and a half. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It wasn't you know perfect. QT Marshall. <laughs> 
there, there was there was a few you know a few things that we did mention that were by the way fun. Kenny Omega From... pulling by the way AEW has a incredible record for botches and the fact that they only had one serious botch and it was Kenny Omega is <laughs> jokes to me and people are going to say you shouldn't celebrate botches trust me I've botched in front of an audience I know how shitty that can be but come on mate of all the people the illustrious Kenny Omega who's apparently the best world champion ever according to all their fans and here he is slipping on his ass and then looking like a goober and then he tries to play it off and realizes he's looking like an even bigger twat for doing that and he should have just got on with it yeah I thought that was very funny but um nine and a half is very very fair yeah if this show gets Jinder Mahal it is game over I, I saw people equating this show to WrestleMania X7. Let's not get ridiculous. No. no. It was good. It was great even. But, I mean, if you're on a scale of 1 to 10, X7 is like a 12. A X7 15, so. sold over a million pay-per-view buys. The first of its kind to ever do that. And I believe the only one to ever do that. Um, and it also pulled like 1.7 million in merch alone. You know, on the day, in the stadium. They, yeah. you know, let's not get ridiculous. And it was also a different time. But what AEW did tonight was masterful. It was magical. It was special. Like, like I've just said, fucking incredible. And I don't hate AEW. I'm going to keep reiterating this until people fucking listen. I do not hate AEW. I have critiques and criticisms of what their content is and what I personally would like to see. And just because I necessarily don't like something or I want to see something specific doesn't necessarily mean that I think, oh, fuck AEW entirely. No, that's actually not the case. Like, good for it is subjective. And there is, like, for instance, you know, I wanted a more serious mirror and we've got him now. And I think he's tenfold better than that best man crap. And you can't tell me he's not. But I understand some people like the goofy shit and they like the funny shit, you know, I guess it's harder for me because I'm in a lot of pain a lot of the time because my body and wrestling and mentally I'm, you know, really struggling sometimes and wrestling really hurts. And I take wrestling very seriously because I put so much into it. You know, what you don't see is the guy who goes to independent shows and records them and then painstakingly sits there and edits all the angles together for, let's be frank, very little money that other people are charging hundreds and hundreds of pounds or dollars for. You know, I'm the guy who then goes to training two or three times a week while going to the gym four or five times a week while dealing with all the, you know, the body paranoids and things that come with being a larger guy and stuff like that. So I don't like the ridiculous goofy shit because I know how fucking hard it is just to break in anywhere, even in, in front of 50 people and what sacrifices I had to make just to do that. So I'm just appealing to your better sense of judgment, ladies and gentlemen, saying, you know, that's why it hurts for me when I see the goober shit from the Young Bucks stuff like that. So I just think, man, I go through so much. I'm not saying they don't. What I'm saying is it's hard for me to enjoy the over-the-top bullshit when I've had to, you know, suffer so much just for a tiny little glimpse of the business that I love more than anything else in the world. Um, it was amazing. It was fantastic. Uh, I want to see what your opinions are. So, I shall. Uh, Twitter is always a good place to go. I asked ladies and gentlemen what they thought, and obviously the overall returns were kind of the key thing when we were speaking about that. Um, Nails just put a... Uh, <laughs> Nails just showed us the gif of Don Callis fanning down Kenny Omega <laughs> with a jacket and said, I'm Kenny. That's the only way I can describe my feelings. I Honestly, I felt like I was going to faint at the end of that. There was so many goosebumps and the alcohol, and I was like amazing 
I, I'm not sure what I marked out harder for. Daniel Bryan, I think Daniel Bryan was like a higher pitch squeak, and Adam, both of them, by the way, are available if you want to see them. Our reactions, um, yeah, I just turned into a schoolgirl, and I'm okay with that. Uh, Astrid, who of course joins us sometimes, that Astrid Pizarro said definitely worth the time and money. It was so good. I'm going to rewatch it soon. That I'll tell you what. Everyone's going to be hitting up the YouTube. Danny Ryan returned. Danny Ryan returned. Adam Cole returned. Danny Ryan returned. This is what I'll be watching out like 15 times over. This, these are going to be these moments where you show your mates and they're like, I don't even like wrestling. I don't know who that is. And you're like, yeah, but look at it. It's so good. It's that thing, you know? Um, like I used to show my mates Austin in the beer truck. Come on. How cool is this? He's he's beating the shit out of the owner and he's dousing him with beer. And everyone else is like, yo, that looks gay. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but it's wrestling and it's fucking crazy, mate. You know, we're you show them the be... milk truck. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the milk truck. Milk mania is running wild. Um, <laughs> great stuff. Absolutely great stuff. Um, I think a lot more people will probably send stuff in later. To be fair, we haven't given you guys much of a chance. So apologies. If you do send something in later, we'll try and get to it. I also uh, put it on our Facebook because obviously, as you know, our Facebook has a huge following. We're up to 54,000 followers on our Facebook page now, which is mind-blowing i know none of them listen to us but <laughs> nonetheless i think hundred thousand awesome. you can monetize <laughs> uh yeah I, I can monetize unfortunately facebook will not allow me because i've had too many cease and desists from wwe so there you go aw fans one more reason you should actually like us and support us um <laughs> so yeah i i thought i'd uh check it out and ask people what they thought uh mostly about daniel bryan of course and adam cole returning um Stephen Kapuski says, WWE made stars on a silver platter. Come on. Fair enough. David Desi LaSalle, simply put as great. Timothy Rand, but man has to be involved with this somehow. He wouldn't just let all these former wrestlers he had free um, freelance their way over. Uh, what do you think about the conspiracy theory of Vince McMahon? He's in the know. Not a chance. Yeah. Someone... I think he just done fucked up. Um, Eric Village has put a gif of Roman Reigns looking incredibly sexy as we said and says now just acknowledge your tribal chick so obviously he'll just be watching Smackdown for the foreseeable future Anthony Shaw says not impressive at all he would have done great on Smackdown AEW doesn't need Adam Cole what do you think of that? I mean they definitely don't need him but I think he went somewhere he was going to have fun yeah yeah, uh, Jamie Knopp, AEW is just like WCW. Getting all former WWE superstars and just paying them shitloads of money and not giving young talent a go. And we all know what happened to WCW. Thoughts on that opinion from Jamie um, Knopp? Darby Allen, Jungle Boy. Um, they're plus doing Adam Cole is not exactly a dinosaur, is he? <laughs> I have Cole at 32, or however old yeah, he is, oh, over the hill. I'm sick and tired of old man Adam Cole yelling at the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hayden Poma, amazing from start to finish in my opinion, the only crap part was Paul White versus QT Marshall in my opinion but apart from that match the whole show was amazing um, Tony Morris chimed in with the conversation and said I agree Pac versus Andrade should have replaced that match no question mm. Um, mm. and of course Hayden agreed with that statement, uh, no doubt we'll have more from the Facebook page I did ask people uh, what they thought of Ruby Riot's return as well. Heather Sealock said, all I hear is the song. Apparently loves the song that she comes out to. Um, Peter Chisholm, some people might recognise him as the legendary Clee who uh, helped me out for a little while on this podcast, um, Arthur Doom. Uh, he said, uh, I think if they keep signing WWE rejects and not growing their own talent, they're going to be in 1999 WCW territory. 
Um, I've know, said stuff like that before, but these 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 are different talents, though. These aren't guys. For instance, Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole are still at the pinnacle of the sport, whereas Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, guys like that, when they came in, I feel like. Not only did they take crazy paydays, which I'm sure these guys have too, because Tony Khan is all about the ka-ching-ching, but you've got to say, these are much better wrestlers and much better talents in their current prime than those guys ever were. You know, Paul White, okay, so Malachi Black, for instance, I feel was just hitting his peak. He's another guy you can throw in with this mix. Malachi Black versus Adam Cole. Malachi, Malachi Black, you know, versus CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. You know... I'm sorry, but I do disagree. Um, uh, Jamie not obviously, massive hater. He's back on this one as well. I think WCW, brackets AEW, is shit. And you guys think I fucking dump on AEW. Come on, man. These guys are just fucking... Well, they're not having it, let's be honest. This <laughs> so, was a good show. It, yeah, do you know what, right? If I thought genuinely that it... If I thought there was anything really major that I could critique, I would say so. I'm sorry. If you thought this was shit, you obviously didn't watch it. These people, for the most part, um, I'm not going to throw up a doom in because he's my boy, but come on. You obviously didn't watch it. And if you prefer WWE, that's fine. If you prefer AEW, that's fine too. But I'm sorry. Good wrestling is good wrestling, irregardless of who presents it. If it's done well, then it's great for everybody. And the business fries because of stuff like this. WWE, I think maybe a lot of these comments are from people who are maybe a little bit scared just saying if, if I was going to introduce someone to AEW this is the show I would show them definitely definitely. and then when they say oh that Dark Order is quite interesting can we see more whoa 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 unless it's got Brody Lee in it you're not permitted to watch it oh yeah that's okay why is this Marco Stunt's quite interesting <laughs> you, you say that again I'm going to give you a magic killer and no one will talk about it exactly. oh yeah but what about that gallows and Anderson <laughs> it's like you know it's nothing's going to be perfect but this is as close to perfect as I think AEW has been since it started this is by far and away their best all round content um, and I, I when I just thought I was flagging they hit me in the fucking face with something so good nine, nine and a half out of ten don't ever fucking say that we just shit on something for the sake of it. Nine and a half out of ten. Masterful. Masterful stuff. Really is. Um, you know, definitely in the ballpark of what WrestleMania 17 brought. But, you know, it doesn't have the cachet or the size of anything. I'll tell you what, ask me in ten years. This might be one of the most important landmarks in terms of wrestling. Carl Wilkinson, any final thoughts? I'm... Um... Just gonna reiterate, you know, don't say so you we hate on AEW. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely tuned into Dynamite. I'm I haven't been the biggest sport because just you know the young bucks pissed me off. I didn't think the stories were that great. Beautiful cup. So I just oh, didn't bother. <laughs> I just didn't bother watching. But it's not just because of Daniel or Brian Danielson. It's not just because of Adam Cole. But mm-hmm. I'm genuinely interested to see what. Dynamite's going to bring, so you bet your ass I'm going to be watching it. Yeah, Dynamite must watch this week. I Like you said, I think we're in for a whopper rating. Like I said, we don't personally care, but that seems to be the only thing that really wakes up the eyeballs of idiots. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, what an evening of wrestling. Hopefully you enjoy this. Um, we're going to splice this one up um, for anyone listening via audio now. We're going to splice this one up into matches and release that on YouTube. So we'll be reviewing each match. Please, by all means, let us know what you think of that uh, idea. And if you prefer to just watch it all in one go, fair enough. Because I understand some people might just want to hear our thoughts on, yo, rip on the big show for five minutes. Okay. <laughs> what a fucking sack of shit. <laughs> by the way, QT Marshall, why do you look like an onion, fan? I don't understand that. But yeah, masterful, masterful entertainment. Um, from myself and Alexander Carwood, so thank you so much for watching, for listening, for consuming the wrestle plug in a difficult time for everybody, especially ourselves. And uh, again, I'll reiterate for people uh, trapped in the flooding, I believe it's Hurricane Ida that's caused so much havoc. Please stay safe. Reach out to us if we can relay messages or help uh, direct funding in some way or whatever, then please do not hesitate to do so. And my everlasting love to people like Nails and Everybody has sent me very kind comments about the whole suicide topic and stuff like that. It's still very hard to digest at this point, but very thankful to have those people in the industry um, having that conversation with us. Um, and that leaves me with nothing else to say, but please subscribe. Please enjoy. Please let people know if you like anything you've heard and uh, seen from the podcast over the last few days, especially let people know. It'd be great to get more subscribers. By the way, we've hit 400, which is uh, pretty sick, which means it's giveaway time. So, um, yeah, T-shirt. Definitely. Uh, elite figure, most likely. And pop vinyl, probably as well. So we're going to put a nice little package together and we'll be giving that away in the next couple of weeks. So please stay tuned to our channel for that. And if you get a chance to subscribe and um, before we give it away, you'll absolutely be in with a shout of winning that too. I've been Aaron X. He's been Carl Wilkinson, as I've already said. Thank you very much for watching and we'll catch you very soon for more content from the WrestleBlock.